for listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk some Yankee baseball. There was a perfect game in the major leagues late last night. In case you didn't know, if you're waking up and hearing this, Domingo Herman of the Yankees, 11-0, 11-0 win against the Oakland A's, but it was the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Yankees, something that I heard, some statistic about them. Also, NFL, apparently more players are getting suspended, year-long suspensions for gambling. NBA free agency starts tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We're already starting to see some releases. So already starting to see some guys resign. It's going to get crazy in the next few days. And also a reminder of who's coming up tomorrow on the podcast. And we'll get to that momentarily. So right off the bat, in case you missed yesterday's podcast, SEC college football analyst on SEC Saturday night, the SEC Network, their Saturday night games are called, the analyst for those games is Jordan Rogers, former quarterback at Vanderbilt, former contestant on The Bachelorette Season 12, and he is on the podcast tomorrow, a great 45-minute conversation going over probably all the topics, I think, the main topics as we head into the 2023-2024 college football season, the last college football season with Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 and UCLA and USC in the Pac-12 because they are moving. As we know, Oklahoma and Texas Go to SEC in 2024, UCLA and USC headed to the Big Ten in 2024. This is also the last year of the four-team playoff. We talk about all that stuff. We talk about Alabama's quarterback battle, how it came to be, Georgia's dominance, what Dion's doing in Colorado, the depth of quarterbacking in the Pac-12, so much covered. And Jordan is a great, great college football analyst. I'm so glad he gave me 45 minutes of his time after recording with me for an hour for my Reality Steve podcast talking about his show, The Big D. So let's move on to baseball. We're late last night in Oakland, California. Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees pitched the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history, beating the A's 11 to nothing. It's the first perfect game in Major League Baseball since 2012 with Felix Hernandez. Man, I hadn't realized it had been that long. You know, I say it hadn't realized it hadn't been that long since the perfect game. There's only been 24 in the history of baseball, and baseball's been around since when? The 1800s? So I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of confusing that with no hitter. But obviously, there's been way more no hitters than there's been perfect games. But Four of the 24 perfect games have been pitched by New York Yankees. Don Larson, David Wells, David Cohn, and now Domingo Herman. Now look, <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from a pitcher who throws a perfect game, okay? It is not easy to have 27 guys get up to the plate and you retire all of them. No hits, no walks, no errors. That is not an easy thing to do, and it's why in the history of baseball, and God knows how many games have been played in the history of baseball, it's only been done 24 times. With that said, <laughs> this is kind of a tree falls in the forest theory, <laughs> because 
If you throw a perfect game against the Oakland A's, does it really count? <laughs> I mean, the Oakland A's are 21-61, and 61, and they've been outscored by 234 runs this season. The second most in Major League Baseball team that's been outscored are the Royals, and they're at 136 runs. <laughs> like, Oakland A's have almost been outscored by more than 100 runs in the team next to them. And the third team in Major League Baseball who's had who's been outscored by the most runs is only at minus 127, and that's the Rockies. So, again, not going to take anything away from Domingo Herman. Congratulations. But it's not like Domingo Herman is a good pitcher, at least not this season. You know why? Because he had an 8.50 ERA in four starts in June. He had allowed 15 earned runs in his last two starts. <laughs> 15 hits, 17 runs, 15 of them earned, both losses in his last two starts. In his last start alone, he gave up 10 runs. Earlier this year, Domingo Herman wasn't even playing baseball because he got suspended for 10 games for having too much rosin on his hand. So, look, he's going to go down in the record books. It'll never get taken away from him. But I'm guessing Roy Halladay's perfect game in a playoff game ranks a little bit higher than Domingo Herman throwing 27 up and 27 down against a team that was 40 games under 500 halfway through the season. Hey, let's be real. Just lay it out there. Now, baseball is a weird sport because as bad as the Oakland A's are, they did at one point this season, which is still baffling to me. It might be the story of the season in baseball, the fact that the Oakland A's once had a seven-game winning streak this season. They Shit, they've only won 21 games in 82 so far, yet they had a seven-game winning streak. But, I mean, 15 runs in his last two starts. He's 5-5 five and five on the year. He's been suspended for having too much rosin on his hand. Can't take it away from him. He's in the record books. But it was against the A's. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. I do want to mention something about the Yankees. Because as we know, and this is just, this kind of goes for all sports. Because you've got these franchises that, and if you're a Yankee fan, you're not going to like this. If you're a Cowboy fan, you're not going to like this either. You guys are living in the past. Because... Anybody who comes up with any argument to say who's the best team in baseball, who's the best franchise in baseball, well, they're immediately going to go to the Yankees because the Yankees have won the most World Series, right? But when someone just says who's the best franchise in baseball, like, I don't know if you can even say the Yankees are the best franchise in baseball. At least not now they're not. Like, what does the question even mean? In the history of baseball, you have to almost change the question to – in the history of baseball, who's won the most World Series? Well, the Yankees have. They won like 38 or something like that. And no one else is even close. But do you know that the New York Yankees have had one World Series appearance in the last 20 years? 
The last seven times they've been in the playoffs and have played Houston, Boston, or Tampa Bay, they've been knocked out seven straight times in the playoffs. Houston and Boston or Tampa Bay has knocked them out of the playoffs. They won the World Series in 2009, haven't won since. They're basically a mediocre team this year. Unless something major happens, they're not winning the World Series this year. It's going to be another year that they don't get to or probably win the World Series. So, yes, the Yankees are a storied franchise. They were great. But they haven't been great in 20 years. One World Series in 20 years. The Boston Red Sox have won four in the last 20 years. The San Francisco Giants have won three in the last 12 years. I mean, it's just like Yankee fans, I I know you're proud. You love your Bronx Bombers. I get it. But you're living in the past. You really are. You haven't been dominant at all recently. So it's almost like the Cowboys in the NFL. I'm sorry, but the Cowboys are 5-11 and in the playoffs since they last won the Super Bowl, which was almost 30 years ago. Five playoff wins in almost 30 years. They're not good. And yet, who are the two teams that are worth the most in pro sports? I think it's the... Cowboys are one and Yankees are two, or maybe it's vice versa. So it's really, it's it's just weird to look at because, you know, the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys draw, and I, and I guess it's more of a hate watch because when the Cowboys are on the Sunday night football game, it's always one of the highest rated games of this season, no matter who they're playing, no matter what their record is. But it's not like, like, beating the Cowboys is like whatever at this point. Everybody beats them. And they're not a dominant team. And they're not a dominant franchise. They haven't won a Super Bowl since the '92, uh, the '94 season, when they beat the Steelers. They've been terrible. Five and eleven, five playoff wins in 28, 29 years. It's it's not good. Last time I checked. And you know, I talked about this last. Like as we as we were talking back in February about Super Bowl and Super Bowl coaches, there's still never been a coach that has won a Super Bowl with two different teams. So if we're going to stick to that, as long as Mike McCarthy is head coach of the Cowboys, they're not going to win one because he already won one with Green Bay. It's a great stat. Impress your friends with it. No coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two different teams. There have been coaches six. It's either six or seven. We went over all this during during uh, Super Bowl week. But I think it's six or seven that have taken two different teams to the Super Bowl. And maybe they won with one of them, but they still nobody's won with two of them. But seven have taken two different teams. So maybe Mike McCarthy takes them to a Super Bowl. I don't know. But they just have not won when it mattered most. To only have five playoff wins in 28 years, that's embarrassing for a franchise, a franchise that's supposed to be America's team, a franchise that 
leads in merchandise sales every year, a franchise that is worth more than any other NFL franchise right now. It's like, why? They're not any good. <laughs> I scratch my head. I live here in Dallas. I scratch my head all the time. I know how crazy the fan base is, and I know how rabid they are, and they love their Cowboys, but it's almost like putting your hand on the stove and getting burned. How many times are you going to put your hand on the stove before you realize, ow, that's hot, I need to take my hand off? That's Cowboy fans. How many times are you going to believe in this team before they burn you? Because they don't win. They don't win when it matters. So did you see the story? about the NFL players expected to receive long season-long suspensions this week for violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Isaiah Rogers, probably the biggest name, cornerback and kick returner for the Indianapolis Colts. He has already come out and acknowledged he screwed up, took full responsibility for his actions on Instagram. But again, the league is reinforcing these things to their players they're sending league officials to talk to the teams. And the six key rules of the gambling policy the league officials are emphasizing are, number one, you can't bet on the NFL. Number two, you can't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Number three, don't even have someone bet for you. Number four, you can't share team inside information. Number five, you can't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. And number six, you can't even play daily fantasy football. So four Detroit Lions players and one Washington Commanders players uh, were suspended by the NFL for gambling violations. Quintez Cephas and uh, CJ Moore uh, of the Lions were suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games. Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony um, was also suspended for betting on NFL games. Lions wide receivers Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill were suspended for six games each before mobile betting that occurred at their facility. The Lions released all those guys, Cephas Moore and Berryhill. Last year we know Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons suspended for the entire 2022 season for betting on NFL games over a five-game stretch when he was injured. He was traded to the Jaguars this year. He's been reinstated. He's going to be a member and play for the Jaguars this year. So it looks like more players are coming. This is apparently something that's been brewing, and we're going to get more and more players now, apparently, that are going to get either six-game suspensions or season-long suspensions. It'll be really interesting to see some of the other names that come out. Like, look, Isaiah Rogers is, you know, a diehard NFL fan would know him. Certainly, if you're a Colts fan, you probably know who he is. But does the average person know who Isaiah Rogers is? No. And I don't think you're going to get multi-multi-millionaires getting caught in this. Calvin Ridley is probably the biggest name. And based on the numbers that we saw, it was like 1100 bucks in bets that he made or something like that. Like for a guy who's making millions, that's just stupidity. These guys, I'm sure, are all guys that are, I don't want to say fringe players, but... You know, I don't think anybody who signed a uh, five-year, $100 million contract with a $50 million signing bonus is getting suspended from the NFL for betting on games. I mean, you would have to be one of the stupidest humans alive to do that, making that much money. And then even if you're betting ten grand on a game, fifty grand on a game, when you've got a $50 million signing bonus, like, what would be the point, you know? 
But we'll have to see. We'll have to see when the names officially, the more names officially come out. And, you know, this is causing some think pieces to be written about how the NFL is probably going to back away from the whole gambling stance and they're going to tell. I just think they're too deep in now. you got too many sponsors. you got DraftKings and FanDuel that are putting out commercials during NFL games. You've got them sports sponsoring sports books that are at the arenas and at the stadiums of these teams. There's just too much money to be made. And these NFL teams are all about money. The NFL is all about making money. You'd be stupid to pass it up. You just have to drill into your players' heads. Look, you can't be dumb. Just don't gamble. Don't go into casino. Don't get caught there. Don't put your bets in through somebody else. For some people, they haven't been able to do that. But these aren't the biggest names in the world. Now, if Aaron Rodgers gets caught doing this, <laughs> if Lamar Jackson gets caught doing this, if the big names are all kicked out of the league or suspended for a year, then they're going to have an issue. But I just I don't see that happening. And finally, the NBA free agency period begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's when technically <laughs> teams can begin negotiating with free agents. The worst kept secret in all of sports is the fact that, oh, that clock hits 6 p.m. Eastern time on June 30th. Now we can pick up the phone and talk to the guys we want. They've literally been talking and dealing with agents nonstop since the fucking season ended. Shit, probably while the season was still going on. Let's not kid ourselves. Because you know why? Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, you're going to start seeing signings. You're going to see so-and-so has signed a four-year, $48 million contract with somebody. It's like, really? One minute into the free agency period, they've already signed a contract? Probably isn't possible. But we all know it's because they've been talking to them and the, the, you know, the agents are the ones that are feeling out teams and they're already, you know, it's and it never used to be like this. NBA free agency is literally a week of shit and it's awesome. I cannot wait because there's I'm I said it, I think, two or three weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. And I still don't know where it's coming from, but I think we're going to have something go down this offseason, whether it's a trade or a signing that nobody's talking about. Nobody saw coming. I think a big name is going to either request a trade that we didn't expect or a big name is going to sign with somebody that we didn't think they were going to. And I'm just I, – but I can't tell you what it is because I don't know. I just, I just have that feeling. Kind of like the summer of Kevin Durant signing with the Warriors. That was kind of out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. There had been rumblings, but nobody believed it. There had been rumblings during the season that KD wanted out of OKC and he would, you know, maybe go to the Warriors. No, I, but nobody really believed it was going to happen because nobody had ever seen a team like that, a team already with a big three picking up one of the top five players in all of basketball. So, yeah, I just I feel it's coming and I just don't know. Who? We'll see. We'll see. I think one of the other things that uh, came out yesterday, one story in the NBA Besides the fact that Victor Wembanyama has way is has measured in at seven foot three and a half inches, I still think he's taller than that. <laughs> I know he probably did that with his shoes off, but you don't play in you don't play with no shoes on, right? Last time I checked in the NBA, so what do we care what they what they what the, their height is with their shoes off? What are they when they step on a court? 
So Victor Webanyama has got to believe is at least seven four and a half, if not seven five. So there isn't a story involving Victor Webanyama that came out yesterday. We had talked about how summer leagues start next week. And the first one happens in Sacramento, and the Spurs are part of that. But the Spurs have already said Victor Wembanyama will not be playing in the Sacramento Summer League, but he will be traveling with his team to the Vegas Summer League, which starts on July 7th and goes through July 17th. Spurs have a game on July 7th. I'm sure either ESPN or NBA TV. I'm, oh, I'm sure for Victor's it's going to be ESPN. But because it's going to be such a, a, a pivotal game, they'll put it in prime time whenever the 7th is. What is that? The um, – the 4th is Tuesday, so yeah, Friday the 7th. I guarantee it's probably going to be 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern time, Friday night, Victor Wembanyama's first game in Summer League, playing with the Spurs. Everyone's going to be in attendance. Everyone's going to be watching. I, I'm not going to be out in Vegas for that, but I Googled, like, what are tickets for this? They're 300 bucks to go to a Summer League game for one day, and that's to sit general admission. Crazy. I didn't realize that, but not cheap to go to the Thomas and Mack Center and watch Summer League play. But that's going to be his first game. Um, once the schedule comes out and the Spurs are playing, expect that game to be in prime time. I know I'll be watching because this kid is a freak. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow in Apple Podcasts. Rate and review as well. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tomorrow, Jordan Rogers is going to be on the podcast for 45 minutes. Great interview. Look forward to that. So I appreciate you all listening, and remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Thank you.